0: Fraudulent President Beijing Biden holds his first news conference. Pretty damn pathetic. Jay Leno apologizes for telling Asian jokes. Taxpayers footing the bill to the tune of 400 bucks a night for illegal aliens. And I get vaccinated from the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. My experience, you will be surprised. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha. The world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha San Miguel, a medium-to-full-bodied Nicaraguan puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit Gurkasigars.com. And by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho, Connecticut, Tame but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Morning, noon, or night, it is always the perfect time for Camacho, Connecticut. Camacho, strength and character, it's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Greetings and salutations from Command Center Alpha. It is Alpha Dave, your global five-star general and Alpha Male-in-Chief. I welcome you to Bold Alpha, your destination for Alpha Male lifestyle conversation and unabashed commentary. Well, President Beijing Biden, fraudulent President Beijing Biden, holds his first news conference in, what, two months? Now, you know that they injected him with something to keep him awake for an hour. You know that they prepped him constantly, and in fact, the proof was in the pudding. When he was asked some relatively easy questions, he had to refer to his notebook. As he said, I've got a, I've got notes for that. I've got a notebook for that. I've got a card for that. Every time somebody would ask a question, a member of the media would ask a question, he would have to read it verbatim. It was lame. It was pathetic. It is very clear, as we all know, that... Beijing Joe Biden is frail, he is weak, there is definite cognitive impairment. And I don't say that to be funny, I don't say that to be a smartass, I don't say that because I despise Democrats in general, and certainly despise he because uh, him because I know that he's not running the show. He is a marionette. He is a puppet for Barack Obama. Obama and Jarrett, Valerie Jarrett, are... Sending in their orders via Susan Rice, who is the Special National Domestic Policy Advisor, and it's going right to Beijing. Biden, he's clueless when he speaks at a teleprompter, reading a teleprompter. He's just his eyes are squinted. He's like just reading it, going through the motions. And during the press conference, kept looking. Where do I go? Okay, yeah, okay, whatever. Couldn't finish his thoughts. But what was really pathetic to me was the LibStream media. It's amazing what a contrast. President Trump would hold news conferences. He would go on for an hour, two hours. Sometimes, I thought, frankly, way too long. But he would take every reporter's question, whether it was from the fake news, cartoon news network, CNN, whether it was from BSDNC, any of the networks, the Washington Compost, the New York Slime, Made no difference. He would answer the question. And when he would answer the question, within 30 seconds, if not sooner, of course, the rude members of the fake news media would interrupt him, would be argumentative. They showed no decorum or politeness whatsoever to President Donald Trump. Beijing Biden, they didn't interrupt him once. They, in, in no way, shape, or form, did they get argumentative. It was all calm. It was all lovey-dovey. L. Cinder, who is an embarrassment, works for, the, for PBS, which really, our taxpayer dollars fund that crap, uh, uh, ultra-liberal news organization that, frankly, is anti-America. I don't watch it. Sesame Street was great when I was a kid. The electric company, Mr. Rogers, but they become very, very political. And Yamichi Lou Alcinder, for those of you that may remember Kareem Abdul Jabbar, his name before he changed his name was Lou Alcinder. So her name is Alcinder, so I call her Yamichi Lou Alcinder. I wonder, is that racist because I'm making fun of her? If it is, I don't care. The reality is, it's just being funny. But as we know today, every damn thing is racist. And I'll get to Jay Leno apologizing for some actually pretty funny Asian jokes that I don't think are hurtful in any way. But of course, everybody today is rolling over. Everybody must be politically correct. You can't say anything. If you say good morning to a person who is not a morning person, then you could be accused of harassment. You could be accused of, of, of uh, disrespect. It is amazing how pathetic and how weak most of America has become. We're alphas. We're strong. We have thick skins, but these wussified betas, pretty damn pathetic. But getting back to pathetic, the, the questions. Yamichi Lual Cinder of PBS, the Pablum Broadcasting System, says, Mr. President, and again, very muted, very, you know, almost like she was on one knee, filleting Biden. Mr. President, many migrants, we know they're illegal aliens, but they call them migrants, the fake news media. Many migrants have stated that they're coming here because you are courteous and you are just a man of great character and a great guy and warm. And they've expressed that. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a legitimate question. I mean, Trump, they would go after with knives out, with guns, with everything ablazing. The only one, the uh, uh, reporter for NBC who anchored one of the debates or moderated one of the debates, she was the only one that had somewhat of a tough question. Not one person, not one member of the media, and by the way, they were all priests, every single uh, uh, questionnaire. They were going. There was a list. He didn't just randomly call. He says he would look at his sheet and said, "Okay, let's go to uh, Kristen Welker of NBC." And then when he was done there, oh, where am I going here? Let's go to uh, Joe Blow of uh, Blow Me NBC. That's how pathetic it was. Any of the legitimate reporters who would ask tough questions, like Peter Ducey of Fox News, staying away from. Now, Trump never stayed away from anybody, even that son of a bitch, Jim Acosta, who was incredibly rude, a grandstander, uh, would showboat. Trump always let him ask questions, sometimes too many questions, and then Trump would really have to give it to him, and they'd have to take the mic away because Acosta was such a prick and extremely rude. No tough questions. Not one question about the pandemic. Not one. Not one of them stating, okay, now you're saying $200 million, that clearly the vaccine program that President Trump left you was uh, was in pretty good shape. Not one question about what took place in Alaska where or our, the Secretary of State and National Security Advisor got their asses handed to them by the Chinese. Not one question about that. It was pathetic. Truly pathetic. And it is very clear that Right around the 45, 50-minute mark, Biden started to tire out. He started to ramble, on and on. And not one reporter stopped him. Not one reporter interrupted him like they interrupted President Trump to keep him on track. Not one. It's very clear that the Libstream Media is a wholly owned subsidiary of the DNC. There is no question about that. And what I find truly amazing, is how the libstream media totally covers up for a president that clearly, clearly almost has no clue where he is. And then when he says, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably run, he'll be what, 82, 83? He can barely get through a, a sentence now. In four years, it'll be much worse. He's not running again in four years, please. No chance. But I got a kick when somebody said I would, I would run, and I told a friend of mine, I said, well, first the Secret Service has to protect him from the stairs. That's the first thing. They have to protect him from the actual steps and stairs to Air Force One and, and, and any building before they protect him from any hostile threats because the stairs are now considered a hostile threat against feckless, weak, brainless Beijing Biden. Totally pathetic. The Chinese, the Russians, they smell blood. They know he's weak. They would never pull the bullshit that they're pulling now against Donald Trump when Trump was in office. No chance. There's no way that the North Koreans with Kim Jong-un, rocket man, would fire a ballistic missile with President Trump in office. He did with Biden. Pretty quick. And I guarantee you, Biden, they will roll over. He can't even get a callback from Kim Jong-un. President Trump would pick up the phone? No problem. And the press excoriated, excoriated President Trump, saying, well, and so did Biden and all the Dems, saying, you're giving Kim Jong-un legitimacy by talking to him, by meeting with him. Oh, you can't have high-level talks. Why not? President Trump said, I'll talk to him man-to-man, leader-to-leader although we know that he's a prick of a leader, uh, Kim Jong-un. Trump said, hey, look, I don't think Putin's a great guy, and we've got issues with Russia, but what is wrong with having relations and good relations and cordial relations, open relations, with even hostile nations? Nothing wrong with that at all. But remember, Biden, Obama, all the Dems, all the libstream media going after President Trump, how dare you meet with Kim Jong-un? Do you realize what you're doing? You can't do that. You're giving him legitimacy. Now, Biden can't even get a callback. So you tell me who has the legitimacy and who doesn't. It's very apparent. President Trump, an alpha male commander-in-chief, commanded respect. Biden, Total weakness. Wussified beta. Vladimir Putin knows it. Xi Jinping of China knows it. Kim Jong un knows it. And every other hostile nation of the United States knows it. We are in a very scary predicament with this clown in office and Kuki Kamala, Kami Kamala, as the VP. She's another feckless weakling. We are screwed, if God forbid there ever becomes some sort of international incident or attack. Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect medium to full-bodied balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet, honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganor Salif, Nicaraguan shade-grown Corojo wrapper, double Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. If you're looking for a medium to full-bodied beauty, go no further... Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkasCigars.com. Jay Leno, apologizing for years of racist jokes against Asians. Now, what was his sin? What was his crime? He told jokes, kidding, about the North Koreans, who are Asians, eating dog and cat. Hey, listen, I always kid saying, hey, listen, you better be careful when you go to a Chinese restaurant, check in the back, make sure they don't have any cats there lined up, ready to go into your, uh, your guy pan or your, your uh, chicken chow mein. They say chicken. It could be cat chow mein. It's a joke. Am I serious? Was Jay Leno serious? No. In fact, as recently as uh, last year, 2019, a year and a half ago, He served as a guest judge on NBC's America's Got Talent. And there was a line that he stated in the show that was cut, but Variety magazine reported it. And according to sources, Leno made an offensive quip while looking at a portrait of America's Got Talent judge and co-creator Simon Cowell with his dogs, noting that the canines look like food items at a Korean restaurant. Now, Is that anything to be... Is that racist? Please. Is that taking a slap at Asians? It's a fucking joke, people. Really. But of course, one nutcase goes and... And he is a nutcase. Whether he's a sex addict, whatever, he's a nutcase. Should be given the the, uh, the electric chair poisonous gas, whatever, and a painful death, going into those massage parlors in the Atlanta area and killing what, nine people, 10 people? And now people say, oh well, the Asian, the racism against Asians over the last number of years is a cause of this. President Trump calling it the Chinese Wuhan virus is a cause, please, there is no cause. And I hear this nonsense that Asians are being targeted Folks, if you go to New York or San Francisco or L.A. where the crime is now rampant, we've seen Jewish men and Jewish women targeted. We've seen Asians targeted. We've seen uh, uh, young people targeted. It's all over the place because crime is rampant in those dem-lib-run cities. But, of course, everything has to be a group that's focused. Oh, it's Asian crime. It's this sort of crime. It's that sort of crime. There is no correlation whatsoever between an uptick if there is an Asian crime and people making jokes about dog meat in a Korean restaurant or President Trump calling the virus the Chinese Wuhan virus. I refer to it as the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. I'm not changing my tune because I say that there is no cause or effect whatsoever that somebody will listen to me and say, I'm going to go kill a Chinese person now. We have no issues with people from China or Chinese people. We do with the Chinese Communist Party. They are ruthless barbarians. They are killing and they are torturing Muslim Uyghurs. And by the way, where are all the Muslim countries? Where are all these black groups who always talk about racism and talk about going after you know Islamophobia? Where are they? They are nowhere to be found. They are silent while over one million Muslim Uyghurs are being thrown into prison camps and concentration camps. Not one fucking peep. Not one word. Disingenuous, I would say. And here's the proof is in the pudding. People say, oh, there's all this Asian discrimination. People are being attacked. I've seen numerous Asian single individuals or just shopping by themselves with families with several husband and wife at the very supermarkets that I shop at. I've never once seen a person walk up to him and say, excuse me, Asian people, you are the cause of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. We hate you and we're going to torture you. I've never seen it. In fact, proof is in the pudding. It's just the opposite. There are more people. I go to several Chinese restaurants. I like getting everything steamed. It's all healthy. There's two, three Chinese restaurants I like to go to, depending on what I'm in the mood for, where I'm looking or where I'm going to be. They're busier than ever. I know two of the owners of them. They're nice as can be. I like patronizing them. I'd rather patronize them than a chain restaurant like P.F. Chang's or Pei Wei, Pai Wei, whatever you call it. The sushi restaurants I go to, they are jammed. Who runs those? Japanese people. There's a Korean gentleman that owns a sushi and Korean barbecue. Love it. Sushi Matoi. Right in the Heart of Tampa, South Tampa. Places packed. Takeout businesses packed. There's nobody. I don't believe for a millisecond that people are saying I am going to increase my discrimination towards Asians because of the virus. I'm not buying it. Now, is there an uptick do we see in discrimination in general? Sure. Does that make this country a discriminatory discriminatory or racist country? Hell no. You tell me, if this country is so discriminatory towards blacks, towards Latins, towards Asians, you name the group, why are they all lining up, Most, many of them illegally crossing a border to get in? Why? Because we're a racist country? No, we're not a racist country. But remember, the Dems thrive on division, and they thrive on racism. Remember a guy like Al Sharpton? His business is division. His business is race-baiting because he can extract huge settlements. I'm discriminated against. Write me a check for a million dollars. He's out of business if there's no discrimination. He's out of business if every black child gets educated Parents get to choose the school of their choice, whether it's private school, parochial school. They can send their child to get a great education, the school of their choice. They go to college, high school. They go to college. They become successful, and oh, then what happens? They think for themselves and say, you know, I'm not going to be a Democrat anymore. I think I'm going to be an independent or I'm going to be a Republican. I don't need Al Sharpton or these other clowns to tell me what to do. That would be the worst possible scenario. So we are now in a society, in an environment where everybody must apologize for everything. I said good morning to you, and you're not a morning person. I apologize. I said have a nice day, and I know you're having a bad day. I must apologize now. Stop apologizing. I've said this over and over. Enough with the apologies. It is getting to be pathetic. If you believe in something and you have an opinion, stand by it. I'm not going to apologize because I think, Joking about cats and dogs in a Vietnamese restaurant or a Korean restaurant because it's a joke. I'm not serious. Don Rickles once said, people said, well, you know, you you can really go over the line. He said, no, I really don't go over the line. I kid everybody. He goes, I exaggerate. I exaggerate everything. And you know what was amazing? There were people of every ethnic group that he would kid and make fun of lined up to get in to see him. Every single one of them you name it, Polish, Jewish, Italian, Puerto Rican, black, you name it, Chinese, Japanese, they would all be lined up to see Don Rickles because they knew he was joking. They knew that he was deep down a great guy. That was his style. And he said, I don't apologize for it. You have to believe it and go with it. Do you think Don Rickles would apologize today? No. Why are all these comedians and actors and government officials apologizing? Because they are wussified beta males. Translated, they're giant fucking pussies. That's really what it boils down to. They are pussies. Have a backbone. Stand for what you believe. Look, if you say something in error, fine, apologize. But if you have an opinion, don't apologize. I'm not going to apologize for having my opinions. I'm not going to apologize for telling certain jokes that are harmless. By kidding around about a Chinese restaurant using dog meat. And by the way, in China, that is a known fact. There is a group that saves dogs from being pulverized and used in restaurants. They they save those dogs from the dinner table in China and bring them here to the United States. That's the truth. Now, I'm joking when I say it, but there is a modicum of truth to it. But again, everybody has to apologize. Jay, it's pathetic. Don't apologize. And to all the Asians jumping up and down, these politicians, they just want their moment in the spotlight. They just, they want, they feel neglected because they haven't gotten the discrimination attention. The reality is, if you see people getting attacked in New York, San Francisco, LA, Chicago, it's a crime problem in general, not people being targeted because they're Asian. End of discussion. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild... Yawn Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras, Authenticorojo and Honduran-Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Well, we've got all these illegal aliens that are coming over the border like cacaroches, as Tony Montana would say, like cacaroches. They're all over the place. Well, now they need housing because, nice guy, brainless Beijing Biden is letting everybody in. Come on in. Come on in. Welcome. Come on in. We want all of you. Sure. But the American taxpayers will will, will pick up the tab. This is Obama and Valerie Jarrett and all the Democrats. This is what they want. Now, what I find amazing is they'll still build the walls around their homes and their capital, but will they continue building the wall on the southern border? No. But Pelosi will have a wall. Biden has a wall. All the other Democrat politicians have walls, but walls not good for the southern border. They're coming over like cockroaches, illegal aliens. Now we need space to put these people Well, the Biden administration has entered into a six-month contract worth $86 million to house 1,200 illegal alien families near the southwest border in Texas and Arizona. That comes out to $71,700 per illegal alien. Why? They're spending $393 a night. Let's call it $400 a night on hotels. Now, I just did a quick kayak search for hotels in Laredo, Texas, where there's border issues, where there's the, mig- or the illegal aliens are coming. Same thing with Donna, Texas. There's a big U.S. facility there. So I'm looking at the rates right now. Here's the roadway in, 46 bucks. Here's the WoodSpring Suites Laredo, 30 bucks a night. The days in Laredo, 47. Hey, if you want to live it up, the True by Hilton, I've stayed there. Those are nice hotels, those new Trues, $87 bucks a night. The most expensive is the Stabridge Suite. uh, Suites, Laredo, at the airport, $149. Bucks. Again, the U.S. government paying $400. Now, let's go over to Donna, Texas, another crossing area. Here's the Hampton Inn, brand new, 99 bucks. Here's the Clarion Inn, uh, Inn 54 bucks. Hilton Garden Inn, if you really want to live it up, $139. Bucks. You get my point. Why on earth are we shelling out Ritz Carlton or Four Seasons five star hotel rates, 400 a night, for these illegal aliens when they could be housed in these other hotels for 45, 50, 60, 80 bucks a night? We're the ones picking up the tab, and it's only going to get worse. I'm pissed. I'm sick of it. We taxpayers get screwed. And you know who else gets screwed? The people who respect the laws of the United States, respect the immigration laws, respect the the country, respect the citizens by coming in the legal way, by waiting their turn, by getting a green card and waiting 10 years to get citizenship, by waiting in their home country. They're doing it the right way. They're getting shafted. We as taxpayers are getting screwed and shafted. I have zero sympathy for these illegal aliens that are crossing the border. I understand they want a better life, but come by, come in the legal way. Apply legally, and they're paying these coyotes. They're paying these cartels. Cartels are making $14 million a day transporting the illegal, these illegal aliens. I'm in the wrong business. Hey, you know what? For a week, I'll transport illegal aliens. What, 14 times? You know what? I'll do it for 10 days. I can live a week and a half. $140 million, no problem. 10 days of work, I'm done. I'm set. But that's what's going on right now. 100 or $14 million a day these illegal aliens are paying. And by the way, if you as a parent, an American citizen as a parent, dropped your kid off to another city or a bus station or a train station or an airport or a fire station and left your kid alone with nothing and abandoned that kid the authorities would be called, Child Protective Services, the police, you would be thrown in jail. But yet these illegal aliens, these these Central Americans, and there's Haitians now and Venezuelans, they're sending their unaccompanied minors, they're dumping them at the border, letting them cross, and yet they think they're going to come in in a few years to rejoin their kids. Here's what I would say. You do that, you lose any possibility of any green cards, any asylum, any citizenship, finished, done. You know, you and your friends, if you did that with your kids, you would get arrested. Your children would be taken away from you. You would be prosecuted. But instead, the Biden administration, oh, they're cheering those. Oh, they're doing it for a better life. Sure, sending a 10-year-old kid, a 5-year-old kid, a 14-year-old kid, unaccompanied, that's love? No, it's not. That is child Cruelty that is child abuse. They would be, you would be arrested. They should be prohibited from permanent asylum status, resident status, citizenship status, even coming into this country. It is truly pathetic. So we're paying four hundred bucks a night for these illegal aliens to live four, uh, four and five star hotels like the Four Seasons Ritz. Now, they're not staying at those hotels, which leads me to believe, why are they paying so much? Again, more government waste that you and I as taxpayers, legal citizens, are on the hook for. We are getting screwed. All right, let me tell you about my vaccine. Uh, My vaccine that I took, the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, my vaccine experience. Governor Ron DeSantis last week opened up the vaccine to all Floridians, 50-plus. And I think next week or the week after, it's going to be 40-plus, and then it goes to 18-plus, I think, in uh, mid-April. Now, I went on the Publix website, Publix big supermarket chain in the southeast in Florida, and they've been designated to give shots. I went on like five, six days. Sign up 7 o'clock, the portal opens up, and literally three hours later, oops, sorry, all the vaccination appointments are taken. I mean, I went through this six, eight times. The county had a site, but you have to make a reservation, and I was not eligible yet. So once the – because they were still doing seniors and they were doing uh, educators and people 55-plus. All right, so I find out that there is a federal FEMA site at the Tampa Greyhound track. So I said, you know, there's no appointment necessary. And I happened to see on the news in the morning, early one morning, about 7 o'clock, they showed cars, and there wasn't a big line. Now, I thought it was one of those vaccination sites where you stay right in your car, they vac- you get the vaccine, you pull over for 15 minutes, boom, you're on your way. I didn't realize that it's actually giant tents. You walk in. So I was in the neighborhood. I was not far away. I was about 7, 8 minutes away, and I said, it's about 1.15. So it's Tuesday. I said, let me give it a go. Let's see. Maybe after lunch it'll be quiet. Go on the track. There's big signs everywhere. They have cones. It's like you're being directed to a football game. They have plenty of people. And then uh, there is a checkpoint, and they you roll down your window, and there is a member of the military, and uh, she says, "Okay, um, uh, are you above the age of 50?" "Yes." "Okay. Do you have any special conditions?" "No." "Okay, great." And they put a little green check mark on my windshield. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. I wonder why they're doing that. And then as I was driving in, I noticed that there were cars that had the green check mark on the windshield going to one parking lot and then the red going to another. The red were getting closer. Basically, is for seniors, people that needed, uh, that had difficulty walking or wheelchair or handicapped, they put them up front, as they should. So no problem, get right in. I mean, by the time I entered, and it's a big facility, big parking lot, to the time that I parked was, yeah you know, maybe 35 seconds, 45 seconds. They parked me right in. They have guys with the uh, with the flashlights, although it was daytime with those big orange things, parks me, parks me right in. Great. It says, okay, great. Go to that entrance right there. I go into the entrance. There's like four people ahead of me. Everything is socially distanced. You have to have a mask. And... The first tent contains all the tables where they register people. They had, I think, 35 tables set up. Big, eight-foot-long tables. So there's a couple ahead of me. Great. She says, go to table number seven, and then I'm next in line. And she says, oh, table number 11. People wave. There's like a big thing they wave when an open table comes up. Great. Table 11. I didn't even sit down. She said, just need your license. My Florida license, she scans it. She's got like a little portable handheld scanner. Uh, connected to like a, a phone and she scans the back of my license it populates and she says okay is this all the information is correct name address birth date yes she asked me six questions have you been out of the country in the last three weeks i think it was three weeks no are you allergic to any vaccines no are you allergic to any other medicines no uh have you had uh been tested for antibodies in the last three weeks where it came back positive no and then there's two other questions i can't remember Okay, so she reviews everything. They print out a little barcode. It's maybe about an inch high by about three inches, and it has your name and it has your birth date on there and a little barcode. She says, great, I need you to put this on your, just put it on your shirt, on your chest. I stuck it on there. She gives me a green wristband. I said, what's the wristband for? She said, well, because you don't have any other conditions and you're below 65, you only have to wait 15 minutes after you're given the vaccine to wait to make sure there's no adverse reactions. Seniors, other people that have issues, health issues, we put a red a wristband. We want them to wait 30 minutes. Great, no problem. I was at that table for a total of maybe a minute and 15 seconds. She says, great, go right to that uh, to the next tent right over there. By the way, huge tents, very tall, very large, you know, like a football field each, and all air-conditioned. Go to the next thing. There's another military gentleman there. He says, okay, you got green. Oh, table number one just opened up. Go right in there. I go in there, and there is uh, three people at the table, three members of the military, and I asked the gentleman, I said, who's in military fatigues, Air Force, and he told me he was an Air Force lieutenant. I said, is everybody working here uh, active duty or is it National Guard? He said, no, we're primarily active duty, and uh, we've set this up, and most everybody... Uh, is active duty military, the nurses, the doctors. He said, I'm a lieutenant, but I've been trained to give the vaccine. Great, no problem. And I said, this is the Pfizer vaccine, correct? Yes. Fantastic. Now, they did have the J&J, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine available on request. I wanted the Pfizer vaccine. So, Pfizer vaccine, they give to me, gives it to me, has me sit for about a minute, make sure there's no adverse reaction. Very nice guy, chit-chatting for a few minutes, and, uh, After the minute, he says, okay, fantastic. Scans me out again and says, great, go into that next tent right there, and they're going to have you sit for 15 minutes. Fine. Gentleman comes in. I see another military guy. He says, okay. And there's plenty of chairs. They're all socially distanced. They had them in one and two configurations. So if you came by yourself, which I did, there's one chair husband and wife or a couple comes in, two people, the same family. They put them together on each side of the tent. They were each spaced about eight feet apart. Everybody's wearing their masks. He says, great. Let me escort you over. And they had like six, eight people escorting you. He escorts me. He says, great. Sit down there. He said, now there's a clock right there. You can time it 15 minutes at least. If you want to stay longer, it's not a problem. I set my timer to 20 minutes. He said, if at any time you feel lightheaded, you feel sick, you feel nauseated, you feel a rash, you feel warm. Went through a whole bunch of things, raise your hand, and we've got a physician right here monitoring everything. So if somebody does get an allergic reaction, they have uh, uh, you know medication that they can give uh, if necessary. Nope, sitting there, fine, I'm checking my email, checking Twitter. I set it for 20 minutes even though you only needed 15. Great, 20 minutes is done. He says, as you get up, the gentleman says, okay, great, go, he says, he's got a green wristband. Great, go to that door and follow the green the green stripe out. I go to follow the green stripe out before I leave. There's another member of the military in uniform, and he says, I just need to scan you out. He scans me out, and he said, and there's a trash bin right there if you'd like to take off your wristband and destroy your, and throw out your little sticker. Great, fantastic. As I'm throwing it out, 10 seconds after he checks me out, I get a text. Your next vaccine appointment is at the Tampa Greyhound Track federal site uh, with whatever it was, April 10th, April 11th, whatever it is, at 1.15 p.m., same time that I got my initial vaccine. Great. So on the way out, I said, let me ask you, how many vaccines so far have you done? He said, we've been set up for about three weeks. We've done about 20,000. I said, is there any really like huge wait times he goes no the longest wait really is about 10 sometimes 15 minutes but it's very rare he said this is the best time to come after lunch but he said we find that usually early morning 7 seven thirty, people early we get them through and same thing you know like afternoon before the rush but he said most of the time it's really not an issue and i was incredibly impressed i told him every guy every person i saw i said i'm incredibly impressed at how organized how efficient how just well-structured this process is. So from the time that I parked my car, and I had to walk about 75, 100 feet to the front of the tent, to the time that I I parked, got out of my car, to the time that I got back in my car, and left with 20 minutes. Now, you only need to stay 15, but I stayed 20. I timed it was 28 minutes. 28 minutes! So 20 minutes I'm sitting. Again, I vaccine, I got it, probably took a minute. The lady was a minute and a half. And while I waited in front, it was probably less than 28. It was probably about 24 minutes, 25 tops. Incredibly efficient process. And I said, what we need to do to get this going, have these type sites, big sites, and keep them going 24 hours, 24-7. And by the way, every time I went, I said, I want the Trump vaccine. And everybody looked at me. I had not one member of the military or person look at me and say, oh, please, it wasn't Trump. They all nodded with a smile. They couldn't say anything, but they all nodded with a smile. And we can thank President Donald J. Trump. If you think for a millisecond this vaccine or these vaccines would already be being dispensed, and protecting Americans against the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus, if Biden or any other Dem were in office, forget it. Fauci would have loved this to go on for five, ten years. The Dems would have perpetuated this for umpteen years. And remember, it was the Democrats that poo-pooed President Trump about the vaccine, saying, oh, I don't trust any vaccine that, that Trump or his FDA would, would test or come up with. I don't trust it. We had phony Fauci saying, oh, there's no way we'll have it around the election or before the end of the year. It won't take place till next summer. Or as he would say, it won't take place till next summer. There's just no chance that we're going to have this vaccine. I know what President Trump said, but he's dreaming. President Trump was right. Fauci was the fraud. That's why I call him phony Fauci. President Trump is the reason We've got over 100 million Americans vaccinated and many more being vaccinated every day. Thank you, President Trump. If it were the Dems and Biden, good luck. Forget it. We'd all still be locked down and in quarantine. Lastly, this is a sad note for me. uh, Ted Webb, who is one of the great broadcast legends in Tampa, a native son of Tampa, He was, when I had uh, my Cigar Dave show at the flagship station, 970 WFLA in Tampa, Ted was a fixture there. He's a fixture in Tampa, uh, uh, born in West Tampa. Everybody knows Ted Webb. His commentaries, his Webb's world are fantastic. Ted's had health issues for many years, but he's been a great trooper. Everybody that comes into Ted, that meets Ted, loves Ted. Great personality, always looking out, out for everybody. Still love giving Ted cigars. Uh, just a wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. When I first came to Tampa in December of 1988, one of the first media personalities I ever saw on television was Ted Webb. He had an evening Sunday evening sports show called Sports Rap with Ted Webb. I think from 11 to midnight, or 11.30 to midnight to 12.30, some, somewhere along there. It was around 11 o'clock. I think it was a half hour, an hour. Must-see TV. The set was nothing much. It was just Ted, you know, on a round table on one side. He'd have a newspaper writer or a sports columnist or some other interesting guest on the other side. Always interesting. He told it like it was, tells it like it is, not politically correct. He needs a minute to make his point on his web's world. What takes me like half an hour, 20 minutes, Ted can do it in a minute. But Ted announced to the world, to everybody on Facebook, earlier this week, that he will stop dialysis this week, end of this week, meaning yesterday or today, and he is making plans to enter hospice. And Ted was, to me, one of the highlights of my broadcast career when I moved the Cigar Dave show to WFLA, and I was there for, geez, 22 years, was having Ted Webb as a colleague. Ted Webb... As a, as a friend, as an associate. Great guy, legend, living legend. I don't think anybody could put his finger on the country or Tampa, the pulse of Tampa better than Ted Webb. Every city has a legend. When I grew up in Buffalo, there was always one or two iconic broadcasters, newsmen, newswomen, that were just legends. Ted is by far the ultimate legend. Ted's on a pedestal a hundred miles high. The next person is probably, you know, maybe a half mile high. That's the discrepancy. So Ted Webb would always end his shows and end his webb's world with the phrase, live it up. And I started adopting that a few months ago here on Bold Alpha. So to Ted's honor, I salute Ted. And to all as I say, as Ted has always said, I will end this show with the words of the great Ted Webb. And first, before I do leave you with those words, Ted, we're thinking about you. I wish you nothing but Godspeed on your next journey. And I know that on your next journey, you're going to run into across many of the other legends that we have lost. Chris Thomas, Steve Dumig, the big dog, many others. And you will all be together on your next journey. And as you say, living it up.